Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped round Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned round towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. Have you ever had those things in life where you've longed for something to happen, but deep down you're not really sure whether it ever will? Like winning the lottery. We've all had those dreams, haven't we, where untold riches will suddenly appear in our lap, but deep down we know the statistics are stacked against us. For me, when I was growing up, I used to long to play football for Liverpool. I would tear around our local playground with my Liverpool kit on, dreaming of the day when I would be on Anfield's hallowed turf and score the winning goal. And now, a few decades later, I'm beginning to wonder whether it might not actually happen anymore. I guess that some of us uh, think of Christianity a bit like that. That there's some really good things... But deep down, we've got some pretty big questions that we're just not sure. Well, in this encounter that we're looking at today, I think there's three important things that really help us with our questions. That really help us, whoever we are, wherever we are, to realise that maybe this really is good news. And the first important thing is, I think this passage helps us to see that God takes your pain seriously. Let me show you what I mean. 
It's an amazing story because what's just happened is breathtaking. Jesus has been doing incredible things for the last three years and his followers have been following him around. He's healed the sick. He's given some amazing sermons. He's done breathtaking things. But at the same time, he's attracted opposition and ultimately they led to him being crucified. And the thing that they hoped would happen, they hoped he would be the one to rescue them from Roman rule. And now he's been killed. All their dreams lie in tatters. They've got so many questions. And what happens on that Sunday morning really helps us because Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb fully expecting to find Jesus' body to just do an act of kindness and help lay some spices and to kind of prepare the body. But she gets to the tomb and finds the stone rolled away and the body gone. And what's striking for us is how she responds. She she runs back to two of the other disciples, Peter and John, and tells them somebody's taken the body. Now, remember, they're completely disillusioned at this point. All their hopes are in tatters. The things they long for, they're just, you know, what's going on? But you'll remember that Jesus had told them before that he would die and that he would come back to life. And so that when Mary gets to the tomb, he died. What does she see? She finds the tomb empty, but she responds not with, or maybe he has come back to life. She responds with these words. They've taken the body. She responds how we all would respond. She's so overwhelmed by grief, overwhelmed by her questions. that she thinks the logical thing is, well, maybe this isn't for real. They've taken the body. Maybe Jesus wasn't telling the truth. And I think that's really important because it helps us to realize that we find ourselves in this story. The Bible takes our uncertainty, our questions, our pain seriously. And the pain that no doubt many of us have been suffering over these last few weeks and months, God takes that seriously too. Some of us have endured horrible things over these last few weeks. Where we've had to say goodbye to loved ones on a phone because we can't be with them. Or we've not even been able to grieve properly by going to the funeral. And we do well to remember that here in this moment, the ones who've been following Jesus around identify with our pain the one that they had hoped in is now gone. And here we've got the reality that God himself really does identify with our pain. He died on a cross. And so therefore, when we come to God, we don't come to one who is distant or somehow unbothered by our pain and suffering. He gets what it is to suffer. He gets what it is to feel alone. He gets what it is to go through grief. God takes your pain seriously. And I find that immensely freeing. We don't have to somehow wish it away or if we just prayed in a certain way or or did a certain amount of good deeds that somehow all the pain would go. No, the Bible takes your pain seriously. I think that's immensely freeing. The Bible respects us 
enough to treat our pain seriously. So that's the first thing that I think is helpful. But the second thing, not only does God take our pain seriously, secondly, God takes our questions seriously. We've already said, haven't we, uh, that, that they were so kind of freaked out by what's happening that they can't really get their heads around it. But what is clear is that they begin to realise that something incredible is happening, that there is more to this story than meets the eye. And I guess for many of us over these last few weeks, we've been asking some pretty big questions about the future, about what the world will look like, what our life will look like. Will there ever be any normal? What was normal like anyway? We're asking some pretty big questions, but even bigger than those, some of us have begun to ask questions about the meaning of life itself. Because we're beginning to realise that all those things we've trusted in maybe aren't quite so trustworthy anymore. A friend of mine told me a story recently that I just loved to hear. She comes from a different religious background and she was telling a story about when she was on holiday a few years ago. Now, she has a son who has some learning difficulties and sadly, he was very, very delayed in his walking to the point that she was pretty desperate and she was wondering whether he ever would walk. And she was desperate and on holiday and she was just not sure what was going to happen. So she was out for a walk uh, uh, on her own. And she walked past this sort of little kind of homemade shrine that you sometimes see on the corners of the roads in somewhere in you know, that, the southern Europe. And remember, she comes from a very different religious heritage. And what she decided to do with her desperation was to simply pray. And this was not something that she would do. And she cried out in desperation for God to do something if he was there. She carried on walking. Uh, she got back to the villa where they were staying. Uh, and as she got into the villa, they got into the sort of lounge area. Suddenly, her son wandered up to her, toddled up to her for the first time in his life, but almost as if it was normal. She was utterly gobsmacked. Here, the very thing that she'd prayed for and asked was happening just a matter of hours later. Now, she's got some pretty big questions about that, and I've got some pretty big questions. But what is undeniable is she's begun to think, maybe there is more going on than we ever realised. And I guess for some of us, that's been our experience, that things have been going on in our brains We've been asking some of the sort of questions that we've never asked before. And we're beginning to wonder, is there more to life than we've ever really considered? And it's helped us realise that the questions we have about life, God takes them really seriously. Because they've got some pretty big questions in this passage, this bit of the Bible. They don't understand what's going on. Even though Jesus himself said he would die and said he would rise again, they still don't understand. And there's this great bit uh, where Mary then goes and tells and two other disciples, Peter and John, go to the tomb. And we read this. Finally, the other disciple who'd reached the tomb first went inside. He saw and believed and they still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Do you see that? He saw and believed, but they still didn't understand. And I think that's immensely encouraging that God takes our questions seriously. Some of us have got this kind of idea that 
because of the questions we've had, we're somehow we can't have the same amount of faith or that somehow to, to follow Jesus or to be a Christian, we've got to have everything sorted, all the T's crossed and the I's dotted, as it were. But here at the heart of the Bible, God takes your questions seriously. They didn't understand. They'd been with Jesus for three years. So don't worry if you've still got questions. God takes them seriously. He respects your questions. So he respects your pain, takes that seriously. He takes your questions seriously. But there's one other thing that I think is really important. Not only does he do those things, he takes you seriously. Did you notice what it was that changed that disciple's mind? Let me read it again. He saw and believed. He saw it with his own eyes. He saw it for himself. And that's what happens to Mary Magdalene too. Because she's overcome with grief. She doesn't know what's happening. The body's gone. And then suddenly this man appears that she presumes is the gardener. She's overcome with emotions. And we read this beautiful Beautiful section. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realise that it was him. Jesus appears right by her, but she thinks it's the gardener. And I wonder if that might be the case for you right now. That there might be questions that you've got, but up till now you've not realised that it's God speaking to you. That over these last few weeks, there's been things that have just been nagging away at you. And you can't shake these questions that there may be more to life. And maybe now you're beginning to realise that it might actually be Jesus speaking to you. What happens? Well, it's a beautifully intimate moment. Where she thinks he's the gardener. And then something dramatic happens. Jesus said to her, we read, Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turns towards him and cries out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus calls her by her name. He knows her. And it's the same for you and for me. I wonder if that beautiful wake up call for her is the wake up call that some of us need right now. That Jesus is calling you by your name. He knows you. He's calling out Steve, Paul, Becky, Fred, Lucy, Chris, Mohammed, Don, Mark, Sasha, Ian, Jenny. Whatever your name is, He's calling your name. He knows you. He takes you really seriously. Because in that moment, for Mary, everything had changed. Not only is she now face to face with Jesus, she realises that death, that greatest enemy, is now no longer to be feared. He's called her by name. It's him. And no wonder we read at the very end, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I've seen the Lord. And my hope and prayer for all of us is that as it were with eyes of faith, we might see him and hear him calling our name.
And in that moment, we realise that this really is good news. Death is no longer to be feared. He treats you so seriously. He died for you. And if you simply trust in him, there is hope even beyond the grave. Yes, he takes your pain seriously. Yes, he takes your questions seriously. But he took you so seriously. He gave it all for you. In a moment, I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray asking that you'd hear God calling your name. And if you do hear that, you do what Mary simply did and turn towards him and say, Lord, Lord. Let's pray together. I'm going to pray using some words that will come up on the screen and you may like to pray them for yourself out loud as well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you call us by our names. Thank you that you've done incredible things. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died for me. Please help me to trust you Please help me to turn towards you, my master and my friend.